All right. Good evening. What is up? We are at the 87th installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. And tonight's topic is apparently women aren't hypergamous. This is according to Evo Psych. Now, take this with a grain of salt. I'm going to explain this. I know that um, this might throw some people for a loop off the bat, but like you got to remember, look, guys, you know, somebody made a really valid point the other day when I was going over some data collected and um, dude said, look, if you're going to use data that's volunteered by somebody, they should really be taking a lie detector test when they answer the questions, right? Um, there's a lot of circumstances where people won't answer honestly in survey type of environments. And um, the idea of a lie detector test is probably not a bad one. But uh, setting that aside, before we get started and kind of get into this topic tonight, because I thought it was fascinating, uh, hit the like button. And um, actually, here, let me get the YouTube look because I know that I haven't done this in a while. But do me a solid and head over to uh, YouTube. It just um, helps me out with the algorithms. I'm going to drop the link here. So if you're Head over to, if you're on the Twitters or the Twatches or the Facebooks, it'll uh, it'll do the world some good in the algorithms. Um, speaking of the Facebooks, I saw in my social media feed on Twitter this morning, uh, the Zucks apparently won a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu championship, uh, which I thought was interesting because the guy is like, He's one of the biggest dorks, and I'm really not a fan of what he's been doing with Meta, especially you know the mingling that they've been doing with um, elections and results and stuff like that. But it's like, if a guy like that can do something in combat sports, then honestly, half the nerds in the Mano Swamp have no excuse for not getting their act together and um, you know getting into something that actually improves their lives. So, look. Speaking of which, you know, you guys know that. I've said before that there's some good information you can get from the Mano Swamp, but it generally comes from people that aren't good men or good at being men. And now we've seen a recent invasion of women into the space. And I've already shared my thoughts on that before. So on the flip side of the coin, you've got um, these university studies, you've got Evo psych professors, you've got all these other guys who tend to frown on the Mano Swamp, and they've got some reason to do so. But there was a published study here, and I'll read the summary again because it's in the description of this video. It says, and in quotes, using evidence from more than 33 million marriages, that's a lot of marriages, and 67 million births in England and Wales from 1837 to 2022, we show there was never within this area any period of significant hypergamous marriage by women. I'm going to read that again. 33 million marriages were studied. Again, this is not a survey. This is a study. And 67 million births in England. I'm not really sure what the births have to do with the marriages, but they're looking at all this data. Uh, from 1837 to 2022, that's a vast amount of data. We show there was never within this era any period of significant hypergamous marriage by women. Now, before you go and burn your rational mail book, Rollo isn't wrong. Um, so when I take a look at this data 
and I click through over here. So here, I'll just throw it up on the screen. We'll kind of go through it together, and we'll have some time for some call-ins today. I'm gonna do a little bit of a short, a little bit of a shorter show tonight, guys. So um, if you have questions, come in early because I probably won't be able to do the, the full ninety on this one. Um, where is the window? There it is. All right. Well, I'll throw it up here. So this is an excerpt from the study. Um, the study is, uh, I think it's a Dutch study, if I'm not mistaken. And um, hypergamy revisited, marriage in England, 1837. Uh, it's widely believed that women value social status and marital partners more than men, leading to female marital hypergamy. And if you're new to the channel, all that really means is that women tend to marry across and up on the socioeconomic scale. It's not always been up. It's across and up. There's a preference for at least at a bare minimum, as good as she's at, but they prefer better. It's not often that they'll marry down. It happens, but not often. A recent paper in Norway, for example, and by the way, this is a February 2023 study. A recent paper on Norway, for example, reports significant female hypergamy, even today as measured by parental status of men and women in partnerships. So apparently in Norway it happens, but not, not in England during the years they studied it. Using evidence from more than 33 million marriages, which I already quoted here, da, 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 we show there's never been within this area any period of significant hypergamous marriage by women. The average status of women's fathers was always close to that of their husbands. Now, this is where it starts to get a little weird. And you have to, re like, you know, the devil's in the details, right? Like you have to pay attention to the wording because right off the bat, they're basically saying women aren't hypergamous. They've, there's no evidence of it in 33 million marriages within England and Wales. But the average status of women's fathers was always close to that of their husband's fathers. This, this study is based on the parents of the married couples. Not the married couple, not the groom and the bride, but the parents. The average status of women's fathers was always close to that of their husband's fathers. So they're not even looking at the family itself. They're actually looking at the fathers. Her father, his father. Consistent with this, there was no differential tendency in England of men and women to marry by social status. The evidence is of strong symmetry in marital behaviors between men and women throughout. There is also ancillary evidence that physical attraction cannot have been a very significant factor in marriages in any period, 1837 to 21 to 21, based on the correlation observed in underlying social abilities. I didn't have a chance to download and read the entire study. Um, maybe I'll get to that at another date. But the charts were extracted from the study, which is the next thing that I kind of want to pull over uh, on this and talk about. But they studied not the groom and the bride. Again, they studied the parents, not, not even the parents, the fathers of the groom and the bride. Now, there's a book that I've talked about before. I quoted it in my book, The Unplugged Alpha. I've quoted it in podcasts before. And I'll say it again. There's a very interesting book on the dynamics of marriage throughout history. It's called Marriage, A History. And the author's name is Stephanie Kuntz. And she went through diaries, court records, any written evidence that was left behind over history, you know, as far back as she could go. And the TLDR version of what was discovered is that essentially the whole purpose of marriage 
since the dawn of time, since it was pretty much invented, I don't think it's as relevant today in modern time, but since the beginning of time when they started, you know, let's get married, you know, tie the knot, stuff like that, had nothing really to do with love or anything else. It had to do with the acquisition of in-laws. It was designed for survival purposes, essentially. It's, it's basically forming a gang. It's forming a bigger tribe and acquiring in-laws was beneficial in those days should still be somewhat beneficial today, but I don't think it's as relevant as it used to be because, um, you know, we live in a, in a great world of independence with government involvement. Whereas before, you know, you go back 800 years, I don't think there was that much government involvement, which is why they married for acquisition of in-laws, right? Um, I am a, a business owner. My brother is a doctor. My other brother is a lawyer. My father uh, has a farm. My mother has a seamstress uh, gig, and she's a mom. Uh, her, my my fiance is a, I don't know a teacher or a nurse or something. She's got nursing skills. Her father owns land. Her mother makes shoes. Her brother is a blacksmith. Her other brother is a uh, whatever. You get the idea. And they would they would find couples. They that's why they had arrange marriages. And that's why they would introduce, you know, certain uh, people to other people to marry together because the families would blend and you would now have, oh, well, I need to call on somebody. I need some muscle, for example. Well, my wife's two brothers are big dudes and we're going to go rough somebody up to make sure that we square this away sort of thing. Like this was the value of of in-laws. We need medical attention. Well, my brother's a doctor, her cousin her sister needs medical attention boom that's why they did it i don't think that's as relevant today and i think going back to 1837 which is when this uh started when they started to collect this data here 1837 to 2022 i would say for at least the first hundred i don't know what the pivoting point would be like maybe the 1970s 1980s Later on in that study, well over 100, 100 and probably 50 years into the data collected in the study, they were still probably marrying for the acquisition of in-laws. Um, there wasn't like, there wasn't this, this like culture shift where it's like, well, you've got lower, you've got upper lower, you've got upper, upper lower, you've got lower middle, you've got lower middle, you've got middle, you've got upper middle. You, like you've got all these classes now today where it's, you know, it's not just the super rich and the super poor or everybody was pretty much the same. Like there was a lot of just average work, a lot of factory work. Everybody got got paid for doing what they were doing for manual labor sort of thing. Like they just sort of got by. So there wasn't there wasn't vast differences like there are today. Like you can have you can have an engineer working for one of the fan companies like Facebook, a tech lead or something like that, making seven hundred fifty, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars a year USD. Um, getting with a pretty hairdresser that makes $40,000 a year. Okay. Um, this stuff happens all the time today. I know because I've talked to a lot of guys on consults dealing with the stuff that they want to deal with. And I know, right. Uh, whereas I don't think that was as common, you know, hundred years ago. It's like, we're all kind of the same. We all have some tools and resources. They're all kind of the same. They all have some kind of tools and resources. Let's acquire in-laws and blend the families and be more useful together. So if the opportunity to marry up existed for a woman, I'm pretty sure she would have taken advantage of it. But 
you know, here we are today. So let me, um, I'll get the super chat in a minute, uh, Philip. Sorry, I just, I just noticed that that was there. Um, where is the charts? Here we go. Charts following status. So you'll notice in these charts, this is occupational status of um, the dads. And father status and father-in-law status is, sorry, father-in-law status is on the left side, father status on the bottom, men and women. And you can see there's a very, very tiny difference. Like they almost completely overlap. So they're basically saying the dads are essentially the same in status. Okay, thanks. Surname status, again, overlap. Essentially the same as that. So um, I'm, I'm not sure what the surname status means, but the, like, you know, for example, certain surnames have different meanings. Like my last name's Cooper. And if you go look at, look up the meanings of certain surnames, they actually, they were designed to designate what you did for a living. Like, for example, um, if you went back to medieval times in England, then Coopers were barrel makers, right? Um, so you had a first name and then you had a last name, but your last name was basically your profession. And it was pretty much true for everybody else's last name around the same time, like blacksmiths and, you know, guys that made horseshoes, the agriculture, all that sort of stuff. So I'm not sure if that's what this is referencing when it comes to surnames. But anyway, again, we have overlap as well. Uh, percentages of marriages for men and women by father status. And this is from the period of 1837 to 59. So this would have been the older stuff and brides and grooms. You'll see there's not much difference. It's very, very similar, you know? So again, this doesn't have anything to do with the bride or the groom. This is father status of the bride and the groom. Again, I really don't know why they, why they collected this data and then said hypergamy is not real because hypergamy is between a man and a woman. It is not between a man's father and a woman's father as the data that they've collected and suggested here. So you have to be careful when you're looking at these little sound bites and these summaries, because a lot of the times, I don't know if they do this on purpose because it's like, well, the man of swamp's a little bit crazy. So we're going to put the study out and summarize it like this. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I've seen it on both sides of the coin. I, you know, now I'm starting to see it here with this particular result because it's a bizarre one. This one over here, again, same sort of same sort of overlap. This is from 1980 to 2021. There's some slight differences in some areas, um, but not much. It's, it's, again, pretty much overlap. And again, parent frequency by surname status. Uh, this is 1980 to 2007, 80 to 2000, or 80 to 2007 again. And status, is this, uh, what did I say, destiny? Oh, density. Again, it's an overlap for father and mother. It's an absolute overlap. Again, there's not much difference. It's whatever. It's like, you know, before you take something at face values because somebody sees it, then you got to go look at the details. That's what I'm driving at here. So does the study reveal that women aren't hypergamous as they summarize it? No. Again, I think it's misleading. Using evidence from more than 33 million marriages and 67 million births in England and Wales from 1837 to 2022, we show that there was never within area of any period of significant hypergamous marriage by women. Now, I thought this was interesting because I'm like, at, you know, at face value before you start looking at it and then you like read the fine print where it's not the bride and the groom, it's the bride's father and the groom's father compared. It's entirely plausible that the parents are at the same level. 
which is probably pretty common, like in 1837, because, you know, you, you pretty much all did the same thing. You're either worked in a factory, you're, you know, the revolution started to happen, the industrial revolution, the communication revolution, all this sort of stuff happened over the past 1837 to 2022 sort of thing. But you probably did just about the same thing. You probably lived in the town doing just about the same thing. You probably met in a church or a school doing just about the same thing, right? Today's a lot different. Now, I kind of went through the exercise of diving into people that I know personally. I thought the easiest way to do it was just go through my Facebook friends list. And I went through every single person I know that is either married or has been married. And I know both the couples personally. Like I know who they are. I know what they do for a living. I've met them. I've broken bread with them or I've had drinks with them, something, right? Like I know them personally. I'm not one of those guys that's like, I have 5,000 Facebook friends because I, I'm popular. I don't give a shit, right? So I went through them all. And what I found was based on my friends list, based on that experience, about 78% of women married up, not across, up for the most part. Some were close to across, but mostly up. There were a couple of scenarios. There was two scenarios, in fact, where uh, the guy and the gal, the husband and the wife, are still married, have been married for over 20 years. And I know for a fact that they both started with nothing. And in one of the cases, she actually bailed him out and lent him a, a ton of money, maxed out her credit uh, to, to give him money to get the business off the ground, which paid off for her You know, at the end of the day. Um, again, a lot of the people that I know um, are in the GTA or in North America, and they've either been married or they've been divorced, but I know them personally. And, you know, like I said, more than more than three quarters, the women married up. So I think this summary saying that, uh, what does it say here? There was never within this area any period of significant hypergamous marriage by women. Look at the data and it's collected on the fathers, the fathers of the broom and groom and the bride. Anyway, so I don't think it's honest. And to be honest with you, at the end of the day, I still see hypergamy. I think it exists. I think it's real. Uh, Philip in a super chat says, uh, can fatherhood be used as a backdoor argument for betatization? I.e. he won't take responsibility for my problems, but if I can parlay our child's problems into mine, he'll take care. I'm assuming you're, you're saying that as a result of what the wife or the mom is saying. Um, if that's the case, that would be interesting to clarify. You know what? Let's do this. Let me drop the join link. Let's get right into the uh, call-in segment. Um, Philip, if you want to call in, you can leave your camera off. doesn't matter to me. If you want to call in, then let's have a conversation about that and get some clarity on it. Um, do, do, do. So call in and ask a cue. So I'll drop that in the there's a StreamYard link. Boom. Pin to top of message. I got this, um, I'll save this for maybe another show, but I got this list of what women think or what women are broadcasting gives them the ick with men. This is a new word that I've heard recently in the last few months, the ick. Apparently it's what young women use. Oh, he gave me the ick, so I was grossed out by him. It's freaking hilarious. It's funny as shizzle. Anyway, we'll talk about that in the next one. So the call-in link is pinned. Phil, if you want to call in and uh, chop that up, anybody else, Q&A will be open in a second. Let me just run the um, 
mid-roll ads and we'll get started on that because I'll probably have to sign off in about 40 minutes. So we'll get through that real quick. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. And I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right, let's dive into this. I uh, got a few people waiting to chop it up and ask a question. Again, the link, the StreamYard link is pinned in the live chat of YouTube. If you're not watching this on YouTube, why aren't you? I'm going to drop that link as well. Click that if you're on the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Twatches or whatever and head on over. Let's give it to Luna first. All right, Luna, how you doing? Hey, Rich, I'm good. Good evening. I had a question for you. Um... In the past, you've mentioned that um, well, hypergamy is kind of like built into women naturally, like a, I guess like a software, and it's not a bug. You're saying, yeah. So I'm wondering if a if a woman is with a boyfriend, she has a boyfriend, and she's trying to monkey branch to a new guy, could you consider that as a form of cheating or betrayal on her part? The guy will see it as a form of betrayal, absolutely. But when women leave a guy to go to, like, it's interesting because. 50% of women, when you survey them, and this is based on them offering honest answers to questions, admit that they have a backup plan. Now, having a backup plan if you're married or if you have a boyfriend is deceptive, it's underhanded, uh, it's it leads to betrayal, of course. So if half of them admit to it, I'm going to honestly say that probably a good chunk of the other half probably have a backup plan but are unwilling to admit to it because of slut shame or whatever the ha case happens to be so women don't usually leave a guy unless they've got something else lined up or something interesting lined up or they've got you know something in the pipeline you know what i mean yeah. um the question itself was about that or was it about like can it be cons like like your like your little sub thing over there says can hypergamy be considered betrayal what do you mean by that exactly well, I asked because I, I got into a situation where I was kind of like making eyes with this girl at the gym in the mirror. Uh -huh. And then a few minutes later, uh, what I guess is her boyfriend walked by 
and gives her a peck on the mouth. So yeah. then I just like, oh shit. So like, would I even want to be involved with this girl? She can do that right in front of her where her boyfriend is. That's just how women are, man. I mean, dudes are the same. You, look, you could you could have the most loving wife who's totally in your frame, raising your children, and a smoke show can walk in front of you with whatever your favorite thing happens to be. Let's say the best rack ever, mm-hmm. and, and she glances at you. You're going to look at her, right? Yeah. Like, like it's in human nature to look. The fact that she's looking is whatever. But if she looks and she smiles... If she looks and holds that glance for more than a brief second, like maybe more than a second or two and smiles, you know, uh, follows you around the gym, you know, tries to use, you know, machines that you're using, then that's a pretty clear indication that she's got interest in you. You see what so I'm what's saying? What's the monkey branch? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not necessarily monkey branch. Maybe it's short-term sexual intimacy. Maybe she sees you as a higher value guy. Maybe her guy doesn't have a car and has a bus pass and she saw you walk out of a really nice vehicle in the parking lot. It could be any number of things, right? I mean, like the thing about this whole relationship dynamic is I don't think you can, you know, cut and paste and just say like, it's like, this is the one piece of the puzzle that has to go into this slot. I think that, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, relationships, dating, you know, marriage, anything to do with that, with the dynamics between men and women, it's a puzzle that's got many pieces, hundreds of pieces, maybe in some cases, right? And they're not, not always interchangeable and why she was looking at you may be different from why a chick may have been looking at me and why another chick might have been looking at somebody else but like generally speaking if she's looking your way it's because she sees something interesting to her does it mean that she's going to bounce maybe maybe not but like i said earlier like women admit to having a backup plan it's in their nature it's you know it's a it's not a bug it's a feature of their adaptive evolutionary firmware if she didn't have a guy to rely because i mean if you go back you know a few hundred years even or you can go back a thousand years but if you go back in time to where women weren't strong and independent they didn't have the right to vote they couldn't go to work and earn their own income they generally had to rely on men that weren't their father to take care of them when they were adults so that's why women are hypergamous is because they're always looking for the best that they can get does it mean that they're going to bounce on their boyfriend Maybe, maybe not. Maybe she's just looking. Right. I guess, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I just feel like what I even want to get involved with a woman that does that. Yeah, look, you know. you know, half the guys watching right now would be like, you know what? If I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. The other half right. of the guys are going, that's wrong. I wouldn't want that to happen to me. So I'm not going to put myself in that scenario either. Right. So it's like, you got to play whatever works for you. Like there's no, you have to do it this way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Cool. Something to consider. Appreciate it, man. All right. See you, Luna. Later. All right. Um, yeah, that was a great question. Um, interesting conversation on the Pretty Intense podcast. I enjoyed that today. Yeah. If you didn't check out, um, I posted it in the Entrepreneurs and Cars community tab. I was on Danica Patrick, the race car driver. Yeah, that one. Um, she called me in for a podcast. I was actually surprised. I was like, is that the race car driver when I got the email? And it turned out that it was. And Turns out she watches my stuff. You know, I always say like 90% of my views come from men. Um, and it seems like half the women that watch my stuff like are there because they're interested. They're fascinated. They want to be a fly on the wall. They want to understand the dynamics relation. They want to see what, how how men think, you know, for example. Um, and then like there's a percentage that just don't like me. It's like, whatever, I don't care. Um, but it was a really interesting conversation because, you know, she starts it off 
and I'm going to try to bring her on in my podcast at some point, but you know, she starts off with like, I'm not a feminist, but you'll see when I have, like when she asks me questions about certain topics that a feminist would get, you know, would cringe at, would get uncomfortable with, she does that. So go check it out for yourself. It's, I think it's the most recent upload on her channel because it just went up last Thursday or something like that. You can just search for it. Um, do I sound entitled if I want women to initiate contact and ask me out, especially in the West? <laughs> if I want women to, especially in the West where they have more power than ever, this is foolish expectation. Uh, what can I do to get them to initiate? You know, I used to have that thought when I was younger. I used to be like, I don't want to ask girls out. You know, it seems uncomfortable. Like, aren't, like, hasn't feminism equalized everything and shouldn't be, you know, women be asking men out and, you know, shouldn't like, who, like who pays when you go out? Do you split the bill? Do you go Dutch? You know, sort of thing. Like these are a lot of questions that were asked even in my youth, like even in my twenties. Um, women don't typically ask guys out. I'll just be honest with you. The only times I've had women express interest in wanting to go out with me, they are not very good looking women. I'll just be honest with you. They're, they're very low on the SMB. Um, that's the only time that I've ever seen it. Gorgeous women, like eight, nines, and tens, they really don't. I mean, nines and tens really aren't even on dating apps. They just don't even bother because they, they get, look, beautiful women like that, they're at places where guys with, where guys have money. You know, um, I've seen this over and over again. Um, models, they go to parties and clubs and events that are hosted by bankers and hedge fund traders and entrepreneurs and, you know, uh, influencers and actors and musicians. Like, that's where they hang out. They hang out at the finish line and they pick the winners, like I've always said. So to expect a, I mean, if you like conventionally beautiful, attractive, feminine women, to expect them to come up to you and just be like, hey, Rich. Or, hey, I, I dig, I saw you over there, loved your shaved head and your wicked beard and, uh, you know, your McLaren. I'd really like to uh, ask you out and get your number. Uh, can you put it in my phone? And never happens. Never, ever, ever happens. A lot of people go like, oh, well, you know, doesn't the car help with that? Like if you're at a gas station, you know, with the McLaren. No, the car does not attract chicks at all. It is a dude magnet. The only people that come and talk to me at the gas station are dudes. Oh, nice car. That's a really nice car. Can I look inside? And they got their kids. Or if it's a mom with their kid because the kid's interested in it and then they walk the kid over sort of thing. But women don't typically walk over to guys and ask them out. Now, there's exceptions to everything. I've read stories and I've talked to guys that have had women approach them and aggressively want to get with them, even sleep with them that day. It's very rare. It's exceptionally rare under bizarre circumstances. And you're usually, it's like at the right place at the right time sort of thing. Okay. It's not, it's not common at all. So um, back to your question, do I sound entitled if I want women to initiate contact and ask me out? Yeah, you kind of do. Um, I would, I would change. I mean, look, if you want to have some experience with women, it's probably not the best way to approach it. You're going to find that you're not going to get a lot of approaches. Uh, very, 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 very few of the attractive women that you find interesting will ever walk up to you and be like, yo, how you doing? I think you're fine. Sigh over there on the bench press. That looked good. What's your number? Doesn't happen. Um, guys, again, the link to call in is pinned at the top of the YouTube. Um, 
you have a question, get in now because I won't be on for the full 90 minutes tonight. Uh, Victor Time Wolf, let's give it to Victor. What's up, Vic? Hey, Rage. How are you? Good, man. How's it going? So far, so good. Could you remind me about the getaway girls getaway and all of that stuff? Like, uh, what's the procedure for that? Sorry, the getaway girls? Well, not getaway girls, but like, for example, uh, my date wants to go out uh, with, a, with her friends to out in the cottage. Oh, okay. And, uh, and she invited me over, but uh, due to my work, like, I'm not in the city all the time. So I kind of contemplating allowed her to go or not. Got it. Okay. So you're asking if it's okay if she goes to a cottage with her girlfriends or? Yeah. Yeah. And her boyfriends, I guess. Like, uh, her uh, uh, boyfriends as a girlfriend's boyfriends okay so look if it's if it's her and her girlfriends going to a cottage for a weekend have fun let me know that you got there safe you know i'll see you when you get back it's no sweat it's no worries but if it's hey uh you know my girlfriend's having some friends over and we're gonna go to her cottage um i know you're working this weekend so i'll see you when i get back your next question is who's gonna be there that well, it's just my second question. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's just going to be my girlfriends and their boyfriends and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, now we're getting into, there's other dudes there. Are there going to be other dudes that are bringing their friends there? Right. Cause that's, that's something that I would want to know. Like my chick knows that that is unacceptable. She wouldn't even ask that question. Right. So like, look, guys bring this up often. It's like, well, you know, you're just insecure or you're too controlling. It's like, no. Um, I drive a nice car. I'm not going to park my car in a shitty neighborhood and hope that it'll be okay in the morning. I know the chances of it, something happening to a nice car in a shitty neighborhood are higher than having the car in my garage overnight at my house with the door closed. So it's just, look, if, if I care about something like my car, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to make sure that I don't expose it to risk. I'm going to make sure that I don't put it in a situation where another dude is going to bang it, let's say, right? So cottages, weekends, drinking, drugs, you know, weed, stuff like that. Campfires outside, everybody has a good time. Woo! You know, stuff happens. How do I know? I grew up in Canada. There's a lot of cottage action, right? Stuff happens. So it's a question that you have to ask and clarify. And if you see that there's going to be risk exposure to your relationship and that matters to you, then you have to put your foot down and say, look, um, I just can't take a woman seriously if she's going to be hanging out with other guys when I'm not around. If, if it's an early dating, you know, scenario where you've only been seeing her for a few months, but she's like, I dig your vibe. I want to claim you. I don't want to share you, blah, blah, blah. And then the next breath, she goes next weekend, I'm going to my girlfriend's cottage. There's a few people coming over. They're bringing their boyfriends and there's going to be a bunch of people there, but you can't come or you're not invited or you're busy or whatever. It's like, I don't date women that, you know, hang out with other dudes. Like that's, that's all you have to say. And you leave the no, ball. In she her is court. aware. She is all aware about it. That's the reason yeah. why she told Because she's your girlfriend, it. right? So it's like, look, if there's going to be other Date, dudes there, the girlfriend. Yeah. But if there's going to be other dudes <laughs> there, then it, you know, it's, it's something that you have to contend with. You know, do you want to let it happen? Do you want to park your car in a shitty neighborhood? That's up to you. Okay. I see. Thank you. You're welcome, brother. See you later. <clears throat> uh, Philip. Philip, is that the same Philip that asked the question earlier? Philip. Hello. You have a microphone. 
All right, I'm going to pull you out. Let me know in the private chat if you got a mic because that might be your issue. I don't know. Um, German. German, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Rich. Uh, glad to be here. First time uh, caller. What do you got for me today? Uh, is it is it German or German? Like, how do you pronounce that? Uh, German, just like the language. It's easier oh, okay. to go. Interesting. You know. Okay. It's uh, Spanish. So it's German. But German, okay. German's easier to remember. <laughs> Let's go with that, German. Okay. What do you got for me, bro? So uh, I'm calling just because, like, lately I've been having issues. Um, it's more like, I guess something that you had said earlier is that maybe I'm too entitled. Mm -hmm. And I find that I kind of trip over myself whenever I approach women. Sometimes I lose interest. Like, I've seen my buddy who's, you know, like a bodybuilder. He gets it. He always gets women that come to him, they touch yeah. him, they interact the conversation. And I've been trying to elicit that, yeah. you know, like I'll, I'll dress nice. Um, you know, I try to act a certain way and kind of watch myself. But I, I guess one example is this weekend I went to a concert and this woman kept putting herself in my orbit. She kept bumping into me, but never once approached me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I, I just, sometimes I forget what to do and, I just enjoy the moment and I don't do it. So she bumps into you and then does what? Does she look at you and say sorry or does she just carry on? This one didn't. This one didn't. She's playing hard to get. <laughs> so, I, I so let me ask you this question. She bumps into you in a social event. She's attractive. You think she's hot. What do you do next? Like what would be a better way to handle it than just oop and you just keep going? Like what like what could you do? Well, you put on the charm, talk to him, smile. Put on the uh, charm. You know, you don't have to bump into me if you want to talk to me, sweetheart. Yeah. Right? That's that's the second time. That's not a coincidence. Hey, I'm Rich. How you doing? Yeah. All right. And you just kind uh, of roll from there. So my, my question is, how do I get into that mindset? Because sometimes, like, for example, it, it'll be the weekend. I'll get all excited, want to hang out with the boys. And then somehow over time as I get there, I just forget and then I lose it and I just get caught up in the moment and then I shift mindsets. So, and, and I, okay. So like the mindset shift is what the PUAs, like all of these guys that sell courses about dating and buy my course and I'll do field this and that and take you out and show you how to pick up girls. It's rather than mindset it and turn it on and off, just become the game. Whenever you're at a bank at the cashier and you're checking out, just flirt with a girl. It's called catch and release. It's just, you know, yes. keeping your game up, right? It's like, you don't have any intention. Like, it could be a 40-year-old gross chick that you're not even, you know, like attracted to, but you're at the checkout, you know, she looks at you, you know, hey, how's your day, whatever. Do you need a bag? <laughs> whatever she says, who cares? Just flirt with yeah. her a little bit, right? So yeah. you're not having to turn it on and off and have to deal with like the inhibition of being charming or whatever. Just always be charming. Right. Because, I mean, if that's in your scope of, of things and, and if that's what you want to do, you want to put yourself in an environment where you're exposed to beautiful women and they are going to start responding to you. My advice wouldn't be like, you know, just turn it on and off whenever you're out partying with your friends or going somewhere. It's just do it all the time. You're at the bank. You know, the teller's cute. Say something. Yeah, just become it. Just become the game. Yeah. I get that. I am the game. You know, that's that's what you have to become. It's it's a lot harder to turn off, turn things on and off. It's like trying to turn on, you know, good diet and lifestyle habits. And then like one week, you know, you've got it 
down pat, your diet's right, you're working out, your sleep's on par, and then the next week you don't sleep at all, you eat like shit, you're, you're smashing back donuts, drive through food, right? Like it's better just to be consistent most of the time. Yeah, than, yeah. And to try to turn it on whenever it's convenient for you. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, that's kind of something where I've been faulting. Try that. I've been slacking. I've been practicing. I've not been practicing enough. Like I do okay at online dating apps and we'll get date. Um, sometimes second, sometimes we'll even hook up. So but, imagine how much better you'll be on real date environments. If you're charming and you become the game everywhere and everything you do, you have a job to go yeah. to. There's a receptionist. You go to the dental office. The hygienist is working on you. Little flirt. It's not going to hurt anybody. Who cares? Yeah. Maybe she's married. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's got a boyfriend. Maybe she doesn't. Who cares? Maybe it turns into a date just because you're so charming. You never know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> I, uh, I had another one where my buddy just tried to introduce me to a girl and I was so like dumbfounded. I was just like cheers and didn't really talk to her the rest of the mm -hmm. night. And she approached me a second time. She said, do you want to go upstairs? And in my mind, I knew that it was like a $20 cover. So I didn't. I just said no. And then that was the end of that. Mm -hmm. I just get. Uh, yeah. My advice is just, is just is just be the game all the time, my man. That's it. Yeah. That's solid. Cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Rich. See you, buddy. All right. Um, let's do okay. I've got two Phillips here. I'm assuming one of you is the one that did the super chat on fatherhood. So I'll try this Philip first. Are you the one the super chat on the fatherhood? Uh yeah, I am. Hello? Okay, let's put this back up on the screen. So can you explain that to me so I understand that a little bit better? Yeah, sure. Um so I'm a big fan of evolutionary psychology. I've read most of the books. Mm -hmm. I love your book on uh, frame when it comes to relationships. But I read when I read your book, I was like, oh, there's something interesting there. Mm -hmm. So in a relationship in frame, you're not responsible for their problems. They're not responsible for yours. And I'm not a father. I know mm -hmm. you're a father. So I show respect that you know that world way better than I do. Mm -hmm. But I do know there's a point up to a point where you're responsible as the parent for their successes and failures. And again, you'd be able to draw that line way better than me. Mm. So my question was, you know, can a woman in a relationship go, hmm, he's not going to take responsibility for my shit. But if I can make our child shit my shit, mm. he'll take care of it. Okay. I'm not sure I understand the question, so I'm going to reframe it. So you've got a daughter and you need to take responsibility for her for her choices for her lifestyle or son uh, or, yeah it doesn't or matter. son but i mean the thing with kids though is by the time they hit their teen years by the time they're getting into like high school um they i mean i even did this when i was a kid i didn't think my parents knew shit, right and i wanted to make all the choices all by myself right. and even if they gave me advice i would probably do the opposite of what advice they gave me i think it's like i read somewhere so you know since you brought up evo psych i read somewhere that 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 this is a feature of kids when they hit puberty because again like a thousand years ago because they because humans want genetic diversity yeah. and they don't want inbreeding um kids became disagreeable when they hit puberty, when they had the ability to reproduce. And let's be honest, you know, 800 years ago, a 13, 14 year old had had the absolute, like there was no school, there was no, you know, sitting around, there was no delayed onset of anything. 
um, you're basically an adult when you hit puberty and you can go out in the world, you know, sort of thing. So they say that that the reason why your kids become disagreeable and don't listen to your shit <laughs> is basically because of genetic diversity and they wanted to go out, you know, in the world and experience things and make sure that they didn't inbreed. Right, right. So you don't really have a lot of control over your kids as they get older. They kind of do their own thing, especially in their teen years. I mean, you can set boundaries. You can try to enforce boundaries. You can have conversations and stuff like that. But if, but at the end of the day, like, I'm sure there's even guys that that have had conversations, you know, with their sons saying, like, don't do this, that, and the other thing, or their daughters saying, you know, preserve your value, and they turn into sleuths sort of thing, right? <laughs> it's like you don't right. have full control over them when they're not under your roof. I'm a teacher, so I see this every day in the high school. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It does make sense. Thank you. Yeah. I wasn't sure, you know, what your super chat meant, so I just wanted to make sure that I answered the question, but it's like, right. yeah, betatization is a real thing. It certainly happens, and you don't hear, like, the Evo psych guys talking about it, but the reality of it is is that, yeah, it does happen. You know, I broke it down in my book, I think, in at least one, maybe even two two places i got into it from two different angles but you you broke it down when it wasn't your child like yeah, yeah. i was saying when you have confirmation that is your child yeah could the, could the wife or girlfriend kind of be like well if i get him to take care of the child's problems but i make the child's problems my problems then he'll actually take care of my problems too mm, no 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 i don't see that oh i hear you i hear you cool thank you all right philip see you buddy all right yeah, sometimes it's better just to like hop in on the call after the super chat and sort of dive into that because it's a lot easier um, to get to the answer. Yeah, KDM says, I try to flirt even with fours and fives too. I figure it's good practice. It might improve their attitudes as well. Yeah, you know, like I said, if you struggle with turning it on and off, just leave it on and flirt with what, like, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, going about your day. If, you know, if you're in the game and you're dating and that's, and that's something that you want to get good at. I mean, you're not going to get good at it if you do it on Saturday night only. You know, I'm just being honest, right? Like, you'll get good at it if you do it all the time. Um, let's see what Sebastian's got here for us. Sebastian. Oh, hi. What's up, buddy? Hi, Rich. What so um, I think it's very funny how, um, how they choose the metric for the study. So, I mean... I, I don't think this happens often that um, during a date you ask what, what are you, what's your dad doing, how much how much money has your dad. This is like just inheritance potential. This is like a very stupid metric. Yeah. So I mean, if if you would like to do some real study, you could uh, look at how much um, how much the the husband and the the um, was the bride is making. At the point of marriage or at the point of proposal yeah that or... was the point that i made but they but they didn't study that data they were studying yeah. the parents and then they concluded that there was no evidence of hypergamous marriages at all for two, like 200 years it's like yeah. come on right i mean like we all know the answer to that i mean you know like i said after that i just looked at my facebook friends list and it's like more than three quarters of women married up to the guy that they got with um you know at the time if they were still married but that's like you're not deceived in just the mano swamp. It happens in other realms of life. It happens in every realm of life. You have to get good at sussing out, you know, real from fake or deception. Like, dude, what happened a few years ago with a scamdemic? 
they fooled yeah. three quarters of the population into standing on dots wearing fa face diapers and taking experimental injections, right? Like, you know, you have to get good at this from every different angle. And, you know, that was just an example of one thing. I mean, sorry about the clickbaity sort of title, but you see why I did it now, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what also would be very funny if, like, they just look at the guys who got cut and then they compare, like, the guy who got cut, the, the maximum bench press with the, the DNA with, uh, with the bench press of the biological father. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure I follow you. I think you're going somewhere that doesn't make any sense right now with relevance to the study. Did you have a question tonight or was it just you yeah, wanted to yeah. share some so, feedback? As, as you can see, I, I've, uh, I've, I've, I wear a shirt. So how, so I, I mean, I heard like, like coach um, for, for business that said you should just uh, should open the, the first button, not the second mm. button. Is this mm -hmm. some bullshit or? for okay yeah so so for business yeah. you if you're not going to wear a tie i would i would leave it button you know the way that you have okay i leave my button like this it's usually two buttons open on my shirts if i'm not wearing a tie and i'll even wear it like this with a suit jacket if i have to go somewhere to a more more formal event if it's super formal i'll just wear a tie okay yeah thank you and um so i mean i'm, I'm young and like my peers don't wear shirts mm -hmm. so uh, sometimes i feel like overdressed when when i'm the only one um, well look who cares what they wear right like if you're if you want to set a precedent and you want to look good then dress nice you know dress to impress i'm t like i'm assuming you're talking about work right um um no also parties free, um free time meeting yeah. so okay. i mean i um, I'm at the university and I go sometimes to university also with shirt okay. and so then I'm the only one <laughs> is, it a, a room. is it a is it a off the rack shirt or is it tailored uh, it's off, off the rack um, yeah. but, but it's uh, I, I mean um, can you just stand up just so I can see the fit like is it is it um, fitted just uh, show me the waistline uh, yeah yeah it's, it's not it's fitted little... so that's an off the rack shirt right like if you're gonna uh, wear dress shirts, my advice is wear fitted shirts. Okay, it's it's, it's like modern fit. I um, so I probably should get like uh, some with some stretch, you know, you know, uh, not shirts with stretch. not necessarily. Like usually, stretch shirts are only needed if you're a bodybuilder. But uh, my advice is is get fitted shirts. So there's a there's a company here that uh, comes from Hong Kong every few months, and I get my shirts from them. Um, it's called Maxwell's. If you live in, you know, the Toronto area, you know, for example, you can look them up. They've got different locations that they show up. They basically book a hotel room and they measure you and then they just mail you the shirts afterwards. So that's one way to do it. Uh, you can also get shirts, uh, from online outlets that are also fitted. This one here is from proper cloth is, is the name of the outfit. Um, you just go to their website, you punch in your height, you measure your chest, you measure your wet, your, your waist, and then they just ship it to you. It's a little bit more than an, than a off the rack shirt, but it just looks so much better, right? Like yeah. it's not baggy and square. Like you can see here, like I'm not in, I'm not in the absolute best shape, but you can see the V taper, you know, yeah. because it's, because it's like fitted in sort of thing. So, um, you just look that much better if you're wearing fitted shirt. The other thing too is make sure you exercise. Um, yeah. people, people won't overtly state it, but if you have a strong body, if you have a strong physical masculine presence, 
then a strong mind goes in tow with that. There's there's nobody that ever fucks with a guy that looks like they're strong, masculine, broad shoulders, narrow waist. It just doesn't happen, right? That often. I'm not mm. gonna say it doesn't happen ever, but that often. But my advice again, if you wear like dress shirts, get them fitted. Spend a little bit more. You may not have five of them. You might only have one or two, but spend a little bit more and get a nice fitted shirt. Makes a world of difference in the way that you look. And what, what do you think about like uh, a print pattern on? I, this is like one with some pattern on. I it. would I would probably um, Tanner Guzzi has a book called The Appearance of Power. It's not a big book. I mentioned it in the Unplugged Alpha when it comes to style. I would probably read his book on because certain colors go better with different skin tones. If your hair is red, then you kind of want more earth tones. If you got pale skin, you want more earth tones. Like like certain colors work with skin and hair. So you don't want to mismatch the color of the shirt or the pattern with, you know, your complexion and your hair color. So just read Tanner Guzzi stuff. It, it'll it'll set you straight for style. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Thanks See a lot. All right, uh, let's give it to Phil, and that might be the last one, depending on how much time we have here. Phil, what's up, buddy? Shirtless Phil. Yeah, what's up, Rich? Can you hear me? <clears throat> yeah, what's up, man? Oh, uh, so I just got back from a trip vacation in Miami. I went with my friend. We were there during Formula One week and cool. uh, went to EDM shows. And um, so I was talking to this girl down there. She's 20. I'm 24. And uh, she's Puerto Rican, so she's got that kind of traditional Latin mm. culture background. And um, I slid in her DMs a few months ago. Haven't met her in person, mm. but I was going down there, and I was like, "I'll surprise her and see." I'm sure she wants to hang out because she seemed really excited about me, and um, like just all the stuff that she has told me. She seemed really enthusiastic mm. about like maybe having a relationship because I do plan to move to Florida in the future. But um, she, when I told her I was down there, she basically ghosted me for a few days and then just told me that she thinks that we need to take like a break from talking to each other. And I'm not, I'm like kind of upset about it, but not too bad. I'm just wondering because where I live right now, upstate New York, there's uh -huh. not a ton of girls who are like the same kind of um, like classically feminine, like latin culture if you know what i'm talking about um okay so i'm a little bit confused so you've never met this chick before right and you've been talking to her where uh and through instagram dms on instagram dms so you don't have her phone number just instagram dms yep okay and you told her that you're coming down to miami let's get together and what did she say uh she said at first she was really excited she was like all right let's meet after my finals after my exam and then I didn't hear back from her several days. I was busy doing stuff and honestly wasn't too worried about me. I was like, okay, no, not a huge deal. If I don't meet her. Um, you know, I was busy with my friend. We were having fun, but like I, I was kind of into her because she was definitely a change up from the girls uh, around where I live, you know? Yeah. But I mean, like, like here's the thing though, dude, like you've never met her. She hasn't given you her number. Like the, The closer that you get to a woman, like Instagram DMs isn't as close as her personal phone number. Her personal phone number isn't as close as her sitting across the table from me. Right. Yeah. Her sitting across the table from me is not as close as her in my arms. Her in my arms is not as close as you see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. And I immediately so, thought of, I was like, just 
look at what she does, not what she says. Right. Exactly. Now, so that's the first thing. Um, I I would have said, you know, give me your number. Let's get together when I'm down there. And if, and if you got the number, then that's a good sign. If she's like, I, you know, I hardly know you. Let, let, let's just stay on the DMs for now. That's a little weird. Um, I would I would be approaching dating at your age because, I mean, you said something that kind of bugged me earlier. Is, you know, something along the lines of, you know, she she looks like she might be relationship material or you were talking about maybe starting a relationship with her if you moved right. to Miami. You've yeah. never met her, dude. You've never met her. You've never, you never kissed her. You haven't stopped. You've done nothing. Like these are all things that you do first before you get into the, where do we stand talk? Where is this going? You want to be exclusive or however it is that you want to structure it. Right. So that's like, that's like running and you're barely crawling at this stage with this stuff. So you're leaning too far in it. What I would be doing though, is I'd be spinning more plates because I'd right. have more options. Um, what, what a lot of guys do, you know, they're single that are traveling around and stuff like that is they're lining up before they get somewhere. Right. Um, guys will like set their location on their dating apps to Miami and be like set up over there and set up dates. Um, they've got more than one option because women look, dude, women are flaky. Women flake. They always flake. They always will flake. Um, you know, my grandma's in town. My cat sprained its eye looking at a disco ball. I got finals. My girlfriend needs help moving, whatever, you know, maybe she's banging some other guy. Maybe her cat sprained its eye looking at a disco ball and she's got the vet bill. Who, the, who the hell knows who gives a shit? You don't know, or you never met her. You should have other options lined up. That's what I'm saying. Right? So it's like, if, if that one doesn't pan out, you won't care. Forget about, you know, Lolita, you go to Becky. If Becky doesn't pan out, you go to Rachel. You, you know, like you've got a few options lined up rather than just one. When you're narrow to just one option, shit like this happens and then you get bothered by it. And then you come back home, you don't have a shirt to wear and you call a random dude on YouTube and be like, what do I do? <laughs> Actually, I came home and had a girl over. <laughs> Good. But, um, just, but you're still thinking about this broad down there. I know, dude. Like what? <laughs> it's facts. Right. But, uh, dude, I graduated college two years ago. And for that, there was a time period about a year and a half. I was spinning plates. I had about three to four girls. I would go through rotation. I was working as now, a as a Stop there for a sec. Did you, did you notice at that time when you had three to four girls that you're dating, that you're spinning plates, it's a lot easier. Something doesn't pan out. It's like, whatever, just go to the next one. Yeah. And I was a hundred percent less focused on them and more about doing right. Right. Time that's my point you don't want to chase women i always say chase excellence not women have you read my book i haven't read your book yet read the damn book okay i always say chase excellence not women so when you get narrow-minded and you're focused just on this one girl down in miami because she's latin and she text, checks the boxes and she looks like she could be girlfriend material if i move down there maybe i can line it up you start leaning into ideas and you start telling yourself stories and you cook up this vortex of bullshit in your head that probably won't ever happen on a balance of probabilities so that's why i always tell guys again chase excellence not women if if you're spinning plates and you're going about your life in such a way that you're that you're grinding on your purpose and you're talking to gals as you're sort of going about that the ones that are the right ones that are a good fit that have similar interests that are in your frame and most importantly chapter three of my book have genuine burning desire come to you phil and go phil i dig your vibe I don't want to share you. Where do we stand? Like, I need this level of comfort in my life. That's the gal that you then go, hmm, well, let me vet her up against Rich's 20 red flags. Because 
if she clears that test, then you can look at her and be like, okay, maybe we can talk. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. But I mean, you went right to, I'm going to Miami and this is going to be yeah. my girlfriend. It was interesting because I was thinking about that the whole all, during all the interactions. I would be texting her or calling her on Instagram, and she, that, that would be the kind of stuff that she would say, like how she because I do competitive grappling and I fight, and she wanted to like see me be the best in the world and mm-hmm. like support me. We never got in fights, and she just had barely. I bet if you just won a championship, she would be all over you like a fat kid on cake. Yeah, right. And well, because see, women I wait at the finish more, line, and what do they do with the winners? Right. Yeah. So look, man, don't don't sweat it. Stay stay on what you were doing before that was working that you didn't even notice was working, but stay on stay on that vibe and don't chase these checks, man. Like mm-hmm. what for? Because they're gonna flake and then you're gonna get disappointed and be like, oh, I was bummed out because I went down there and I, you know, like the plan was to go to the racing and hang out with friends and go to the music festivals, but I really wanted to meet Lolita and she didn't really pan out. Now I'm fucking talking to Rich. Yeah. Yo, thank you. Know you what I'm saying? Yes. All right, bro. Hey, have a good night. Be good, man. See ya. Yeah. All right. I'm going to wrap it up on that note, boys. Um, I normally do a bit of a longer show, but I got to get some stuff going before tomorrow because I, well, you can follow me on social media to see where I'll be at, but uh, got some big plans this week. It's going to be fun. I'll be back next Monday night, same time, same place. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to Entrepreneurs of Cars because I got a video coming out this week as well. It's a good one, but it's a short one. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks for checking it out. Leave a comment below, hit the like for the algorithms and check out the podcast outro. We'll talk soon. All right, guys, if you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha Community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all the links mentioned during the show.